Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Good to see what God's doing in this nation. And uh, who's just stoked they're a Christian? Who's, who's so... Who's stoked that you know God? How good's God, by the way? I reckon if you're bored and you're a Christian, that's your fault, not God's. I've, I've never lost so much sleep since I've been saved, eh? Like, I thought I could party hard before I became a Christian, but I, I can't wait to get to heaven just to catch up and sleep. It's amazing. It's the most adventurous, amazing life you could ever live, is following God. It's amazing. It means you can do any job on this planet and it becomes an adventure because there's eternal significance to everything you do every day. It's just amazing. And uh, who, who loves it? Who's loving it? How good is it? Well, we should share it, eh? Because such a good lifestyle. But for me, I guess, coming into this church deal, I come from a non-church background and uh, I didn't grow up in church. First time I went to church, I was about 17. And I thought you went to church because your mum made you. And uh, you like wearing safari suits, like, you know, and, and love huge Bibles with steel reinforcing to Bible bash people with. And um, when I went to church, I just couldn't believe it. I walked into a church like this and was going, like, there's a drum kit in church. Does the pastor know, you know? Where's the old lady with the blue rinse and the organ gone, you know? I think the, and the average age isn't over 70, you know? It's, it's all young people in church and everyone. So I was tripping out. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, uh, at the end of that service, they did a thing called an altar call, which is an uh, invitation to become a Christian. Uh, we basically say, God, you know, if you're real, I want to know you in a real way. And I did that. And that, that was like, bang, oh no, I'm a Christian. <laughs> it was like, and it was like, oh, brown undies time is like scary. It's like... <laughs> Oh no, I'm one, of, I'm one of those ones now. And I was thinking, gee, what do I do? Do I go down the city mall and get a soapbox and start Bible bashing people from around corners? And, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my parents are going to think I'm in a cult or my mates are going to think I'm an alien. But I, was, I was thinking, what do you do as a Christian? Because I think straight away what hit me when I became a Christian is that Christianity isn't a spectator sport. Uh, it's not something I can just come along and sit in a seat and, and have someone entertain me every week. That I'm now part of a family, now part of a, a, a purpose in life. That my purpose is now greater than studying 20 years, working 40, retiring and dying. Uh, my purpose is a little bit bigger than that now. Uh, and uh, so, but what, what do you do as a Christian? You know, I had no idea. And don't talented people make you sick, by the way. I mean, how talented are some of these guys? I mean, they can, like, sing, dance and play guitar all at the same time. I'm flat out clapping at the same time. Oh, by the way, how good was the worship leader this morning? I think, and um, someone's birthday, I think, uh, during the weekend. Uh, I went out for a nice dinner last night. We, we looked after Chaz for you. Uh, while you were at uh, Jamie Oliver's, we went to McDonald's. Um, but no, it's okay. We're okay. We got the happy meal. We were happy with that. Chaz loved the little toy he got. It was awesome. Uh, but, I mean, how, how amazing it is, like, you know, to, to gifted, talented people. But they make me sick. So talented. Because I, I can't do that. I, you know, can't sing, can't dance. I can't, you know, interpret the spirit with ribbons or flags or anything like that. 
but so I used to sit in like a, a like seats like this and think, well, I know there's something. I know God wants to use me too. He's not a selective God. He's not a God that just selects some and not others, that every one of us has gifts and talents, but what do you do? So I remember after a big church service one night, I was driving home, uh, back, back home, and I was driving past a local corner store, and there were all these skateboarders like down the side of this corner store setting fire to these boxes. And as all good Christians do, I just kept driving straight past. And then, then I found God give me one of the biggest spiritual wedgies I've ever had in my lifetime. I said, Gourlay, go back. And, and as all good Christians do, I just kept driving, you know, as we do, ignoring God's voice. But I got about three and a half k's or miles down the road, and uh, finally the wedgie was getting too intense, and I said, right, oh God, I'll go back, and ripped my Mazda 3 of power around, and legged it into this little general store area. I went, to, went out my window and said, hey, boys, what are you doing? I said, oh, nothing. I said, I want to go for a skate. They went, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Let's go for a skate. So I piled about 17 of these kids in my Mazda 3D3 power and took off to the local skate park. I started picking up these young people every week and uh, we'd just go uh, to a skate park every Friday night and some nights I'd have four skaters rock up but others would be 30 rock up and I'd call my mates and pick them up. I started like these youth clubs in, in our local area. But I did that for about 15 months every week and none of them asked about God or none of them asked about religion or the seventh seal or the book of tabernacles or anything like that. <laughs> They're too busy stealing change out of the centre console of my car and hiding their, hiding their drugs at my mate's place and I'd find them and hide them somewhere else and, and uh, you know, filling up water bombs and sconning old people out of my car as well while I wasn't looking. And uh, they were just little rats. And, but uh, after a while, um, I had a mate come over that shared his testimony and the whole skate club got saved. And then we went from about one of these skate clubs, about five of them, with about 35 workers and leaders from our church, reaching about 120 of these kids uh, every week. Uh, but then uh, when my uh, skaters got to finish high school, which is in Australia's year 12, uh, they all went to this thing called Schoolies Week on the Gold Coast. And who's heard of Schoolies Week, by the way? Wow, that's amazing, even over here. Uh, what a great legacy we have. Awesome. Uh, and Schoolies Week is like spring break uh, when you finish school. All our year 12s go down to the coastal regions and just party for a whole week. They buy, you know, heaps of alcohol and live in these high-rise buildings. Anyway, I actually went down to the Gold Coast, which is our, like, Brighton equivalent, uh, but warm water, and and the beach doesn't have rocks on it. Um, But uh, down the Gold Coast and Service Paradise in in Queensland, and uh, 30,000 go down there and just party for a whole week. And I went down there, I just couldn't believe how big it had gotten. It was like kids hanging off verandas and had this tin of beer thrown off this building, like smashed a metre from me. I just couldn't believe I had to throw away four ones, but anyway. I remember walking down, seeing this chair come off this building. That looks like a chair into the pool. Yeah, that was a chair. And uh, I remember seeing these Japanese tourists that had just flown into the Gold Coast on holidays as they're huddling their kids in the main shopping mall area as thousands of schoolies and students are going past them chanting, let's go down the road, let's go down the road. That's where the schoolies were going, down the road. And, um, and then they're huddling their kids and then they fly out of Australia thinking that's what Aussies are like and they're not, not half wrong. Uh, but then um, my skaters were staying in this big high-rise building and they invited me to come look after them because I was a youth worker. I went to get in, but there was this huge security guard on the front gate. He was massive. He had, like, no neck, 
band-aids on his knuckles because he dragged him everywhere type fella and I uh, went to Guinea and goes where are you going I said oh I'm the youth worker to these skaters they're having a big party in your building and I'm just going to go look after them he goes you can't come in here mate I said why not he said well you need photo ID to get in this building because what they do at Service Paradise is issue photo IDs to all the schoolies so they can't party crash each other's buildings uh, so, but I was saying to the security guy I was going mate I know what these kids are doing, run the muck in your building. I can be far more benefit up there than out here. But he wouldn't budge. And I was ticked. I was spewing. Well, not at him. I sort of went down the road and went, yeah, you think you're tough, mate, then legged it because he's bigger than me. <laughs> but I remember, I remember walking away thinking, I'm not letting this Neanderthal tell me I can't look after my skaters. So I went to the hotel manager the next day and said, oh, do you want a hand at schoolies week? And she goes, how much? I said, no, no, free. I volunteer at my local church and I can bring some of my church mates down to help. And she goes, oh, that'd be awesome. She goes, oh, come into my office. Starts maybe like cups of tea and scones. And I'm thinking, oh, this is all right, free food. And then she goes, how many of your friends can you bring down with you to help out? I went, oh, yeah, a few. We've got a pretty big church. And just to give you an idea, so on the Gold Coast, like a standard building is like 417-year-olds in one building. And every room, there's more alcohol or grog than you can throw your nana at. And then more other substances floating around that you care to mention. And there's like two security guards and one hotel manager trying to keep a lid on 400. Some buildings are up to 1,200, 3,000 in one complex. And, and so they're going, yes, please, can you come help us? So uh, I said, yeah, no, no worries at all. And then they started, managers went, would you like a free room in our five-star resort on the Gold Coast for your workers? When I'll pray about that. I oh, know God said yes. Uh, and and, and can, we, can we feed you guys, you know, every, in our buffet restaurant at our, for your workers every day? I went, yeah, that's all right. So we went back to our church and we screen printed up all these shirts called Hotel Chaplaincy. And uh, we went back down the coast and we just started crashing parties. We go floor to floor, finding dudes passed down stairwells and we drag them back to the units and found this one guy passed out in the lift with his bucket on his head so we took him out of the lift so the lifts could close again and, and we'd find him passed out down in the sand dune beach regions on the, on the surface paradise beach and we'd drag him off there so they wouldn't get raped by the toolies and droolies and predators down there and um, then we'd do all these walk homes but we're having trouble getting into these rooms to start with they'd be a little bit sketchy on you for the first 10 minutes so we'd knock on a door and they'd sort of try to work out who you were so I went to my mate Lukey, I went, I bet there's got to be an easy way of crashing parties, mate. So I went down this, this local corner store and there was a big box of these Allen's Red Frogs, the sweets, uh, which you guys have a personal supply down here. Well, you did have a supply downstairs, um, we'll have to top that up. Um, but there's this big box of these sweets and so I bought this massive big box of them, just legged it back up to this building, jumped in the lift and went, oh, floor 11 will do, ding doors open, empty beer cans in the floor, went right over here be like man versus wall but man versus schoolie, walk out uh, music belting through a door, went yeah they're in that door, knock on the door and a little schoolie peers out he goes who are you? I said oh hotel chaplaincy, he goes hotel what? I said hotel chaplaincy he goes hotel security? I said no man, no, do you want a red frog? And he goes oh Red frogs, man. Yeah, come on in, man. He's going, we got frogs. And they start coming off the veranda, grabbing handfuls of these red frogs. Then he gets on the phone to his mate's unit downstairs going, we got frogs. And they're coming up from downstairs, grabbing these lollies or sweets. And um, 
I'm going standing here in this big drinking party thinking these things are amazing. So all you parents out there that have told your kids don't take lollies from strangers, yeah, it doesn't work, eh? It's, uh, so I got, got, on, got on to our uh, workers and I said, buy the Gold Coast out of Red Frogs right now. And we bought 80 kilos of these Red Frogs. Every corner store, we just emptied the shelves. And they got us into every party, just straight in. Even past big security guards weren't letting us in. They go, where are you going? So I'm visiting schoolies. Can't come in here, mate. Water red frog? Oh, yeah, bro, yeah, bro, come on in, bro. <laughs> love, lang- love language of security guards right there, free stuff. So we started with like 17 workers and, and about 80 kilos of frogs. And next year, more buildings wanted us because they saw that uh, less kids got into trouble and less property damage. And so we had 45 workers and went through 220 kilos of frogs. Then the next year, we had, um, uh, I think, uh, 90 workers and went through 440 kilos of frogs. And then we went to 130 workers and then 880 kilos of frogs. Then a neat year after that, 1.2 tonne of Allen's Red Frogs. Who, who knows when you bought a tonne of confectionery? You can tick that box as a little kid, you know. One day you're going to own a tonne of confectionery. And then we went to 2.4, 3.2, 4.1, 5.2, 6.1, now 7.1 tonnes of Allen's Red Frogs, reaching over 75,000 students at schoolies every year in 21 locations, including uh, Bali and Fiji and South Africa, uh, also uh, eight, 14 locations around Australia. Uh, we talked to 42,000 high schoolers and high school education programs leading up to schoolies with our preschoolies education on you know, how not to turn your parents into grandparents over schoolies week and how not to get evicted from your hotel room. We also run seven big entertainment stages called Red Frog Stages and with our DJs and MCs. And we set them up on the beach areas and the Gold Coast one gets ten to 15,000 out on it. And we just dance them stupid for five hours on sand. And it's been awesome. It's taken about three to four hours off their drinking time back in their units. Uh, where we used to get to bed at 6, 7 in the morning, but now it's about 2, 3 in the morning because they go back to kick on and they're absolutely stuffed and they crash. It's awesome. Uh, but one of our coolest things we came up with was our Red Frog hotline. And what this is, is a 24-hour hotline that uh, you can ring anywhere in Australia and get Red Frogs delivered to your party. And that's the same way we do random acts of pancakes. So you can ring us and you've got an app you can download and get pancakes cooked in your party at 1 in the morning. So all these kids have a massive drinking party. They get the munchies and go, Red Frogs, yeah. So we come up, bust pancakes out and puts food in them while they're drinking. But it gets us in their unit to see who's passed out in what room or who's hanging over a veranda. And it gets us in there just chatting to all hours of the night, which is just awesome. I'll just show some stats. I've got a slide of some stats of our Red Frog hotline to give you, I guess, the scope of it. And this might be a bit difficult to read. Um, but over in that bottom corner... Uh, we have uh, 1,619 call-outs from our Red Frog hotline. Uh, so this, this here, so this is schooly students ringing us on our hotline. Now, 11,619 call-outs. Now, I don't come from a church background, but the last thing I would have done at 2 in the morning at my drinking party is ring a bunch of Christians to come hang out with me. But 11,619 students did that. That's just a miracle in its own right. So the most popular people in the biggest drinking parties in Australia are the Christians. Isn't that amazing? That just freaks me out every time. As you can see, we get hammered on pancakes. 4,583 call-outs from the random acts of pancakes. 
And uh, you get some classic call-outs too. You get this one dude rings up and goes, oh, is this the Red Frog hotline? I said, yeah, mate. He goes, oh, I've got an emergency. So what's going on? Because I'm sitting on the toilet, I've run out of toilet paper. I said, mate, Red Frogs are pretty generous people, mate, but we don't go that far. And he goes, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay, I found a loaf of bread, and hangs up. Um, I just hope it wasn't multigrain, you know. Um, and then another bloke ring up and goes, oh, is this the Red Frog hotline? I said, yeah, mate. He goes, oh, did you guys do walk homes? Do you walk people home? I said, yeah, mate, we do. He goes, oh, mate, can you walk me home? I said, yes, well, where are you? He goes, oh, I don't know, I'll ask my mate. He goes, mate, where am I? He goes, you're already home, mate. All right, that's okay, I'm already home. It's all right. So, but in that, we do get a snapshot of our youth culture. And for us, this is the leadership of our nation all in one spot for a week while they're still 17. And so for us, obviously, sexual assaults or date rapes is a lot of ones we deal with. Uh, alcohol is our biggest issue. Uh, you guys like to drink a little bit too, I found over here. Uh, but alcohol, this is alcohol poisonings. Last year we got to 657 alcohol poisonings in rooms. And as you can see, the trends are going up. 70% are female. The ladies are the worst offenders these days in their drinking. Uh, but also the drug ODs went from 39 to 69. But the mental health issues are a big one for us. We had 54 call-outs of young people really struggling with depression and anxiety. But unfortunately, suicide's a big issue in Australia. And we had 40 call-outs on suicide ideations. In that, there was only about eight or nine actual attempts. And uh, we had this one guy... Um, thanks, mate, I'll grab that. Uh, I had this one guy um, come up to me four years ago. And he goes, someone told him, oh, that's Andy, he started Red Frogs. And uh, he comes up and goes, are you like the King Frog? Are you like Boss Frog? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, mate. He goes, mate, I just wanted to thank you for coming and visit me. At your team visited me at schoolies when they weren't supposed to. I said, why weren't they supposed to visit you, buddy? He said, well, I was staying at the south end of the Gold Coast and you guys came all the way from the north down to visit me. I thought, oh, that's nice, the Froggers. What they do, they like clean your room or make your pancakes or walk you home. I said, no, I was thinking about committing suicide, but your guys came down and stopped me. So I just wanted to thank you for saving my life. Mate, absolutely floored me. Like all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and all the hairs on my back stood up too, which is quite a few, being, being Scottish, Scottish heritage. Um, and then what had happened, someone gone to his uh, uh, school in regional Queensland, gave out a Red Frog hotline card and said, hey, if your mate's struggling... Make sure you ring someone. And then watched him struggle for three or four days and finally rang us. We got two of our more experienced counsellor guys down with him. Then he got good counselling after schoolies and now he's fourth year engineering at uh, University of Queensland doing really, really well. Uh, and I actually wanted to share his story now, which is awesome. But they're just little stories. So now we're the largest uh, harm prevention program and the biggest drinking party in our nation. 82% of all volunteers come from the churches, over 400 churches involved uh, with Red Frogs. We're the largest support network in universities because what this is, is just pre-freshers week. What our school is, is just pre-freshers week. That's where they really learn to drink. And so they're now the largest support network in freshers weeks and also universities in Australia. We're in 143 of the 186 halls of residence in Australia now and the other 40 are post-grads, so they're older, not too many dramas. Uh, plus in nine countries now around the world, including in, in the UK now for six years. And now also we do a lot of sporting festivals as well where the, uh, Cricket Australia picked us up for the Ashes to deal with all the, the uh, cricket hooligans and Barmy Army that come over. 
and uh, also in music festivals. Right now we're doing a massive festival in, uh, in Byron Bay with 30,000 students and also did Tramline Festival in Sheffield last night, uh, which is amazing. Uh, who knows that we need to influence our generation? Who knows as uh, Jesus was the head, not the tail? As Christians, we set culture, not follow it. And we change culture, and Jesus is all about reformation of our generation and change, that you cannot do anything but change when you include God in what you do. Uh, who knows this generation has some needs? True, eh? Uh, you know what? We, we're now the, the largest in unis and largest in schoolies and, and growing in our music festivals and sports. Why? Because I ride a skateboard. Why? Because I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't do what these guys do, but I can ride a skatey. I can take kids skateboarding. You know what? God's got gifts and talents in you. You don't have to be the most gifted person. You just have to be available. That, that God's put stuff in your hands to reach a generation with. Who, who has a heart to make an impact in this generation? Who has a real heart? But you know what? You can. You know what? God will take anything to reach a generation. He doesn't even care what you do as so long as you do something. Uh, you know what, as Christians, we, we need to really grab God's heart that it's not acceptable for young kids to commit suicide in our schools. Not acceptable for families to be ripped apart by alcohol abuse. Not acceptable. And, and we need to see these things and fire up on it and really get that burning thing. That, it, it, the problem is sometimes it seems too big. It seems too big. Well, what can I do? Uh, you know what, everyone can do something. Just imagine this, if everyone in this church just does one thing, what an amazing impact you'd have in your city. So I'm going to have a look at, at some keys today on how to imp, impact and influence your city for good and for God. How does that sound? So some tips from the boss frog this morning on uh, impact. Let's have a look at Matthew 18 and verse 11. Uh, at Matthew 18 and verse 11 through the 14. And so I'm going to look at some principles and keys on how you can get started and start making a huge difference in your world to really impact people for God. So Matthew 18 and verse 11 to 14. Uh, it says this, it says, uh, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine, go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying, and if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven, for one of these little ones should perish. And you know, it's not God's heart for one to be lost. And you know, there's a, this scripture is, is our mandate from God. For the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. You know, it's Jesus' whole mission to come and save me when I did not know him. I'm so glad one of my best mates reached out to me and said, Andy, do you want to come to church? But he didn't just do that. He chased me for about 18 months as I was a bit half-hearted with this whole thing and a bit sketchy on it and sceptical and stuff. But he remained really faithful with me. Uh, but for, for me, I'm so glad God found me. Who's God, glad God found you? And so our mandate is Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Like I said before, the Great Commission isn't a great suggestion. It's not just if you feel like it, but it is our, our great commission is reaching out to others and, and all about others. So well, I think Christianity is pretty simple uh, and summed up really well and, and it, where it's just loving God heart out, uh, loving others heart out, and then loving who God made you to be, loving yourself. 
And so those, through those three principles come all the other doctrines around everything. And so, so for us, the mandate is uh, to, to reach out to people. So my number one key is this. Number one key this morning is this. Doing something is better than nothing. I know that's deep. Doing something is better than nothing. What is your something this morning? What has God put in your hand? For me, it was a skateboard. And I gave my skateboard to God, to the young kids in my neighborhood, for four hours on a Friday night. If I'm really honest, the rest of the week was all about me. The rest of the week was just what I wanted to do with my friends and everything. But I'm so glad for four hours in my week, I surrendered my skateboard to God and said, I just don't want to serve me anymore, just what I want to do and have a me, me, me time. I'm actually going to surrender this to you. What do you want me to do with this? But what's in your hand? Is it a set of golf clubs in your hand? You know, do you want to maybe come and pass the cab and say, look, I, I want to take some blokes out playing golf socially. We'll bring some blokes to my workout. We'll take some church mates out and let's start a bit of a golf day. It might be cooking might be your gift. You might be the next master chef, you know. Uh, and that might be a gift. You might be a great baking and cooking and stuff. You might go start baking a hundred of the best muffins known to mankind. And you might go to the uni ministry team and say, hey, every Tuesday I want to bake a hundred muffins for these halls of residence. And you start doing that every Tuesday. Do you know what Tuesday nights would be known up in the halls as? Muffin Tuesday. How good is this? As these guys come up and literally reach hundreds of students. Why? Because you bake. Because you're good at it. See, what's in your hand? What, what has God given you? What are the tools and gifts God given you to reach this generation? I mean, you could reach people knitting. If you love, who loves knitting here? Cross-stitching knitting. You could use that for God. You could rock up to the local skate park with your balls of wool and your knitting needles and just start knitting away. Before long, some skater would come up to you and go, what are you doing? I'm knitting. I can see that while you're knitting. I like knitting. But see, if you did that every week and was consistent with it every week, you would start a cult following all around Aberdeen. And you'd have skaters going, man, you've got to come to my skate park on Saturdays, man. There's this mad knitter dude that rocks up and he knits your free stuff, man. Check out the hoodie, man. Check out the beanie. You would start a cult following around Aberdeen. Why? Because you knit. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as you do something. We cannot and must not and will not do nothing for this generation. Otherwise, we're just as well to blame. We must do something for this generation. So you don't have to do everything, but you can do something. And it's all about consistency in the little things. You know what? This big thing we see as Red Frog started with one skater named Troy that I just took out on skate clubs for four years every Friday night. Everything big starts small. Everything big starts small. And God wants you to be faithful in the little things before he can trust you with the big things. Luke 16, 10 there. Our second point is this, uh, to reach our generation and impact our generation. I love this scripture talks about um, if a man lose, uh, has a hundred sheep but one goes astray, it's about seeking that one and leaving the 99. You know what? It's all about one. So who'd love to see this church double? pastor's hands up first right there who'd love to see this church double you know what that's not hard if we all just love on one if we all just aim for one and love on one and and be consistent with the ones it's not hard god didn't make it hard he didn't design it hard it's just the principle of loving others it's not a difficult thing and stop loving ourselves so much or focusing on us so much but it's just loving others and considering the one 
And so for us, it's who's your one? Who's that one that's God just put on your mind a lot? You had that person pop in your mind, you haven't thought about it for ages. It's like, maybe you need to get them around for dinner. Did you know the best evangelist in your home is your fridge? Did you realise that? Not you. Uh, we need to start opening up our homes a little bit more. We need to get a bit more social. We need to get down to Starbucks a little bit more, you know. That's a great thing you guys are doing. So use our coffee shops, use food and, and do stuff you love and invite people into your world. But it's all about the ones. For me, you know, God sends me ones every year and individual ones. So we've got a floss in Red Frogs. Out of the thousands you serve or hundreds you serve, there are ones for you. And I went to uh, Ellie Beach in the Whit Sundays, really suffering for Jesus up in the Whit Sundays up there. And uh, we do a schoolies week operation up there. And we went up, and I went up to see the teams and how they're going. Anyway, I went out cruising with one of our red froggers at night down this caravan park. It was about two in the morning, so we turned the lights off of the car and we're stalking through this caravan park looking for schoolies and uh, like black frog ops cruising through, you know, undercover frog. And uh, this little uh, group of schoolies were down the end, you know, having a bit of a drink. And I went up and the bloke with me goes, oh, boys, this is Andy, starter red frogs. I go, oh, hey boys, how you going? And they wanted to hear how Red Frog started and it was like Uncle Andy's story time with the boys. And then at the end of that, the boys uh, told me what they did and they were in a school in Townsville. It was a nominal Christian school where these boys weren't Christians at all, but they were good musos, so they were made to do chapel services. And they are doing all these old hymns and getting really bored with them. So they did the research online and they said uh, to find if there are any modern hymns around. And they said, Andy, we found this band called Hillsong United. Have you heard of it? And he goes, man, it's effing awesome, man. He goes, we love effing one way. It's effing Joel Houston's effing the best. I'm going, oh, he's lost something in translation, this kid. So anyway, they taught their whole school one way and all these Hillsong United really getting these chapels going. And anyway, so they start singing one way with their beers and they're, they're like all drinking songs pretty much for all these schoolies. <laughs> Anyway, it was coming to the halls of residence in Brisbane for university. I said, mate, when you get down to the hall, give me a yell, I'll take you out for coffee and stuff like that. Anyway, I got to the Wednesday of Freshers' Week, and eventually he rings me. I've been waiting for all week, and he rings me. He goes, oh, Andy, it's Pat from Early Beach School. Do you remember me, mate? One way, mate, one way. I go, yeah, mate. He goes, oh, mate, I'm at this big drinking party in Brisbane, and all my mates don't believe me that I know the King Frog. He goes, can you come around and prove to my mates that I know you? I said, yeah, righto, buddy. So I jump in my truck, go power and chuff around to this big drinking party at 11 at night. Anyway, I jump in and I'm like show and tell to his mates. You know, oh, boss frog. Like, okay, Uncle Andy, story time. And um, anyway, I drop these two boys home and they jump into my car and, with their beers and straight away they go, oh, got any one way? Got any one way? old school Hillsong song and I just happened to have an old school CD and we put it on and they're singing one way Jesus with their beers in the back of my car going all over at my baby seats which my wife really appreciated and I said to the boys boys you come to our church it's a bit like a Hillsong style and we have a big mosh pit down the front and they go oh you reckon they play one way if we come I said oh look it's a bit old that song now mate we write a lot of our own City Point songs yeah but we reckon they play one way I said, look, just come, mate, just come, check it out. So they come to our church, and they just loved it. They went straight down the front and started jumping around the mosh pit. And about the second song in, just between the break, they start chanting, play, effing one way, play. <laughs> I'm hitting these boys going, boys, you can't say that in church. You know, you can't say it. 
And so I drag them out to, to coffee with our young adults. And anyway, these are two of the most offensive individuals to females on the planet. But anyway, only th- two months after that, Hillsong started a campus in Brisbane. And they ring me going, Goulet, mate, uh, Hillsong's starting in Brisbane. Can you take us to the launch? I'm like, how cool is this? You know, non-church blokes inviting me to church. That is so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I took them to this Hillsong launch and we get down side of stage. It was really packed and they're jumping around seeing Brooke Fraser and Joel Bell, sorry, Joel Houston. They're just loving it. And then he, there's all these mics side of stage and he's jumping around. He knocks all the mics over. We think, oh, no. We pick them up and go mic one, mic two, mic three. I think that's right. Anyway, Brian Houston goes to transition the meeting and they give him a mic and it's not working, it's the wrong one. You go, oh no, let's get out of here. So he sneaked right down the back of church where there's a row, he's still free. He went down the back and Brian finally gets a mic working and he goes, welcome to the best church in Mount Cravat. And but meantime, Pat, my mate's been to City Point Church about five times and he yells out, stuff, no, City Point is. And about seven rows ahead, look at Pastor Andy from City Point and go, no, it's not me, it's this guy. So I got him out of there. But uh, these are my boys. I invite them to our Easter production and we had the machine gun preacher come through recently and, and uh, now, like even six years later, uh, I get him out to, to uh, you know, supper and coffee with our young adults and I only get them to church about five or six times a year and uh, they're my ones, they're, they're my boys, they're my ones I invite to church, they're my guys, I connect with our young adults. But you know what, you have ones, you have ones that God will put on your heart, that, that you are responsible to ringing them, you are responsible for inviting them, you're responsible for bringing them to church, you know, and if you, you do have a car, I'm blessed to have a car, it has a thing called seats in it that can fit other people, which is awesome. So the, the things like, you know, just to text someone, just to Facebook someone, it's so easy. But who are your ones? Who are your ones today? Who are the ones that God will put on your heart? And I pray that you'd find those. And here's another key is this, to impact your generation, to impact your world. I think it's really simple. You just need to be available. You know our problem? We're just not available, are we? You're just not available. We're so tied up and so busy with our own little lives. We just make itself available. But my key is this, is being available in the little things. Being available in the little things. So with my routines, and it's getting it in your routine, uh, we'll do church Sunday nights and we have dinner in church for all our uni students and they all come in and then we'll go out to coffee somewhere with all our young adults and uni students and then I'll start to fade about 11 o'clock or something. And then uh, on my way home, which is on the opposite way home, I know where the uni pub night is for Sunday nights. And I drop in there, it's called the RE, the RE, and normally there's tons of students that we know in there. And I just rock in for half an hour and I go, well, God, if you want to use me, go for it. And so I'll just do some kebab runs for the boys and I'll do some lifts home to the halls of residence and I'll just keep running into blokes. And so I do that. Sometimes it's busy and I'll do heaps of runs. Other times I'll just head home. But there's one bloke... Um, I kept finding he was uh, from a Baptist church, came to Freshers Week, but then got sucked into the big drinking scene for about two and a half years. But I'd ring him and invite him to church, and he'd go, oh, no, I've got to study. But then I'd hit the uni pub Sunday night, and there he'd be every time. And he'd see me from across the pub, and his head would drop, oh, no, Goulet's busted me again, as they give me a big story why he couldn't have to come to church. And we'd get chatting, we'd go chat about stuff, and how he's going. And after about two years, he finally had a bit of a wake-up call where he... Uh, tried to dive roll out of a taxi 
There you go, mate. Out of the taxi there. It wouldn't be your taxi, though, mate, the Manuel. Isn't this guy the best taxi driver in, in this city, eh? Fantastic. You're the most connected man than a Vodafone in this place, mate. More connections than Vodafone. Um, is it Vodafone or Vodacom? Oh, I got it right. That's amazing. Um, but I keep, I keep finding, but he tried to dive ra- roll out of a cab at 50, 50k or 35 mile an hour. And he, he's a prop in rugby union. So he did all right. He landed well, fortunately, but it woke him up. He said, what am I doing just getting smashed every night and waking up with fairy wings on my back and wands in my hand because I don't know what I did the night before. And, and he goes, he came to church and, and he got his life right. And then he's come on now only two years later on staff as my national unis coordinator and uh, now running major uni game conferences and uh, doing amazing things for God. Why? Because I made myself available for half an hour on a Sunday night. Have you ever tried this? God, are you finished with me today? Is there anyone you want me to contact today? Or can I go home now and just veg out? You know, who, who's driving your life? Is it you or is it God? Who has the steering wheel of your life? Is Jesus really Lord or, or are you? And so for me, I picture a throne on the inside of my life. And who's really steering? Who's really Lord of my life? Is it me? sitting on that throne and if it is I picture myself grabbing a corner of that chair and reefing myself off it and putting Jesus back on it and we need to just surrender to God we just need to be available for God it's not hard church it's not hard to win this generation this generation hasn't got any they're ready the harvest is truly ready it is so ready it is just wanting what you have but are you ready are you available are you willing to lay down a part of your life are you willing just to even give half an hour of your week to the things of God? And it will make a huge difference. So as we finish, if the band wants to come, that would be Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.